Hello, and welcome back to the third episode of season two of the Texas Private School Podcast. As always, I'm one third of your hosting crew, Wes Tolleson. I, as always, am joined by Walker Lott and Ryan Schroeder. Ryan, I'll start with you first in Stillwater. Uh, how's your week been? What'd you think of the, of the high school football we had? High school football was good. Um, I just need to, I need y'all to start sending me more links, bro. I sit on my couch Friday nights, try to watch these games. I need more links to games and I need people's live streams to work. Let me say that right now. So if you know who's running your live stream, tell them they got to get it on par because Ryan Schroeder from Stillwater, Oklahoma is watching. All right. Anyways, no, it was a good week of football. I'm really glad I got to see, uh, um, a lot of guys uh, improve, obviously, a lot, a lot more that we get to talk about this week, um, just because we've seen uh, some teams play twice now. So um, it's going to be even better each week by week. We'll be able to learn more about each team and how they play. So good week of football. 100 percent agree. Walker, what was your uh, what was your perspective on this last week of high school football? You know, there was a lot of good games. I mean, I just think from top to bottom, like, you know, a lot of out of district, a lot of different division type games, seeing who. You know, like we said last year, just last week, sorry, seeing who can just – who can beat who and where is the, like, kind of, like, the rankings among these teams right now for these first couple of weeks of who is just the best in private school and also just the best in each division, so. Yeah, no, that's the thing. We're only two weeks in, so the whole – the season as a whole and the team's identities are just barely starting to form now, so it's hard for us to really, like – understand how teams stack up against each other and in the matrix of private school as a whole. But as we get into week, say, four, five, and six, we'll start to really know who the contenders are and who the pretenders are. So it'll be interesting to see how that all forms. But that will lead us into our first segment of the week. We're going to recap um, our last week's picks. Ryan is still in the lead out of everyone. Ryan went 13-3 and three last week and is 22-5 and five on the year. Uh, I'm going to have to make a serious comeback to get up there, but we'll, we'll work on it. Walker also went 13 and three. He is 21 and six right on Ryan's heels. I, um, I went 11 and five. I am 19 and eight. I'm currently working on my picks. I've started picking way too many upsets. I'm trying to get too cute with it. I'll, I'll fix that. One thing I will say, I'm not betting against Chris Hogan anymore. Um, I bet against Cypress Christian twice. They proved me wrong twice. I have Cypress Christian dads tripping me on Twitter. I'll, I'll stop doing it. Um, but I did mention if it means y'all continue to win, I'll, I'll continue to pick against y'all just if it makes Cypress Christian happy. But real quick here, Walker, I'll start with you. What do you think of how our pick records have turned out so far? And what, how do you anticipate this, this, uh, this race ending up at the end of the season? Well, you know, even though Ryan said last week that he'll end up on top, that's just not going to be the case. Um, I'm coming for that top spot slowly and surely. And I just think, you know, I just think I'm going to come up on top. You know, Ryan, I think will be, you know, it'll be close, but I don't know. I think I'll reign supreme. And then Ryan, uh, Wes, I mean, I, I hope the best for you, man. We're working on it. Uh, Ryan, would you like to offer up a rebuttal at this time? Yeah, man. I mean, it's great to be in first, you know, honestly, I'm just going to stay here for all, all I need to be. I mean, no one's going to catch me, but no, but like, no, I'm not, I'm not even going to say that. In all honesty, it's what we say every single time. If our records mean anything, it just means that we know a lot about, you know, text private school sports. And I think it's what people need to realize at this point is, you know, sometimes we know what we're talking about. Sometimes we know just a thing or two about these teams. We've seen them play for a while. We know a lot of these guys, 
Um, I'm the least informed and I'm literally the best picker at this point. So if that tells you anything, just know that. But yeah, that's all I got to say. Trust us. We know a thing or two. Walker and Ryan know a thing or two. I'm currently barely. Bro, bro, bro. <laughs> I'm figuring it out. We'll, we'll, we'll work on it as the season goes on. But to not spend too much time there, we're now going to move into our players of the week from last week. And to start, we have Offensive Texas Private School Podcast Player of the Week, Zamari Bruce, who is a 22 wide, rece- wide receiver from Spring Frazzati. He had 13 receptions for 261 yards and five touchdowns and a win versus Chris Ray Jesuit. And Walker, you know a lot more about this kid than we do. So I'm going to let you tell us a little bit about how good this kid is and how under the radar he's flown so far. You know, I'll, I'll still say it. You know, I, I don't know if he is the top wide receiver in private school, but like he's up there and it, I'm it's, it, like, I don't know. I would have to kind of like really think about it for a bit to figure it out, which what ranking he is, but he's up there for sure. I mean, I know we posted about it and I just think this kid is the real deal. If you haven't go and check her podcast, Twitter, and they have the, when I went up to watch Fort Ben Christian I went and watched this kid play. And I really, I literally, I think I talked to some of the kids from Second Baptist and I was like, who is this kid? And he just, because that's how he, you know, like you just walk out there and you, that's the first guy you see. That's the type of player he is. He stands at like 6'4, 180. And he said he's running around a 4'4, 940. That's how athletic this kid is. He excels on the track as well as the football field. I mean, overall, just superb, superb athlete. And there's a video I got of him just mossing like two dudes at this camp. So go at this seven on seven thing. So go pull that up. I'll have it on the screen as well as his clips from this past week where we won. I just think that kid is just a athletic freak. And no offense to Frasity. If he was at a different high school in Houston, public or private, I think he would be getting a lot, lot more attention and, but he should be getting attention. And that is one of the reasons I think this kid is just so, so good. And yeah, I, I mean, it's, it, there's, uh, it's he, the kid's insane. That's just straight up how he is. Watch the film. He, he, those guys did not even deserve to be all really on the field with him. I mean, that's how good of an athlete that kid is. So. So for whenever Zamari Bruce blows up, you heard it here first from Walker Lott in the Texas Private School podcast. The dude is a stud. Ryan, your thoughts on on Zamari's performance last week? I mean, any guy really with, you know, 250 plus yards as a receiver, it just you have to realize that just to get 250 plus yards means you have to like you have to do something good and then He's putting up 13 receptions. He's catching every ball that comes to him. Basically, just throw it up. He'll catch it. It's kind of the motto, I guess, for this team. But, yeah, I love that. Five touchdowns. Beautiful. Um, and I'm right there with you, Walker. I I would love for this kid just to, you know, maybe, maybe find a little bit of light to shine on him. I mean – Sometimes it's hard to get that light shined on you when you when you're playing for you know small schools like that. But yeah, no, I think he deserves more attention. Yeah, no, without a doubt, going. No, without a doubt, I was just gonna agree with you on that. It's just, I mean, the kid only has. You need to go blow up this guy's Twitter first. Like he only has 74 followers on Twitter. Blow this kid up. I'll have his link in there. This kid is. You, this guy needs to be seen. If like I know he's already getting looked at a little bit, and I talked to him about it, but 
I want this kid to blow up because he is so underrated in this state. So, yeah, no, 100%. Shout out Zamari Bruce, incredible performance. This, I'm sure this probably won't be the last time we mention him on this podcast. But now we look at for the defensive Texas private school podcast player of the week, we see Brody Dixon, class of 22, Midland Christian linebacker. Man posted 17 tackles, three tackles for loss, a sack, a forced fumble, and a pass breakup versus El Paso Franklin, which is UIL 6A, which is a game that Midland won. But obviously, this was just a monstrous effort. I mean, 17 tackles alone in the stat line is just kind of crazy to see. So, Walker, I'll start with you first again. What did you see from Brody Dixon's stat line here? I mean, it's just dominant. That's really what it is. Um, 17 total tackles, three tackles for loss, like you said. And then you that's just good enough in itself as a linebacker, but then you add on a sack, a forced fumble, and also a pass breakup. That means he's not just going in you know, that front seven. He's also being able to do that in coverage as well. And I think that just shows how much of a great athlete he is for that you know, Midland Christian defense, but as well as just a great player for that team as well. Yeah, 100%. It'll be really interesting to see how Brody Dixon as a player fits into this Midland Christian team that might be a dark horse for a state title contender in TAPS D1. Only time will tell with that. But, Ryan, uh, Brody Dixon, uh, 17 tackles, your thoughts? Yeah, and I, and I voted for him as well. Um, so he was my pick. Um, I just think it's very impressive. 17 tackles uh, is, is about just as impressive as 13 receptions, in my opinion. You know, it takes just as much work to do to do both of those. And especially when Midland Christian was playing, you know, a 6A UIL team, I think that speaks for itself. No, 100%. I think both these guys were incredibly deserving of the accolades they had this week. And like I said with Zamari Bruce, this probably won't be the last time we mentioned Brody Dixon either here. I think he'll play a vital role on that Midland Christian team as we move deeper and deeper into the season. But now that we have the appetizers out of the way, let's get into the meat and the potatoes of this week's episode. We're going to start by talking about last week's matchups and the games that stood out to us, starting with a game that honestly kind of surprised me Dallas Christian versus Houston St. Pius. And I don't say surprise me because Dallas Christian won. I guess that, like I said about 16 times, I hitched my wagon to DC again this year. I swear I'll stop saying hitch my wagon. I'll find another analogy. But it was more the margin of victory that really stood out to me here. I did not expect DC to hold St. Pius to six points. And here's the kicker, 82 yards of total offense. Um, I'll stop talking here in a second, but DC has always had pretty dominant defenses. The thing is, Pius usually has really explosive offenses. And for DC to hold them to yet again, 82 yards, um, that's an impressive feat in itself. Uh, I will see firsthand how explosive this Pius offense is this week when I cover their game. But as of now, I'm going to assume that it's still just really, really explosive. But, Walker, I'll turn to you first. Um, we said we're going to use D.C. as a measuring stick for almost every other team in taps. Um, what did you think about this game and that claim? I mean, I think that, like, if you don't see how good this Dallas Christian team is this year, I don't, like, you can't, like, they're the real deal this year. They always have been, so don't get me wrong on that. But this might be the first year you're like, oh, snap. Like, they can't – like, like 
like you said last week, Wes, you know, they're coming back for a vengeance from last year's state championship loss and they they're coming for it all. And, you know, I said last week, Hey, they beat a first, a D one team last week and they just beat another D one team this week. And they're just racking up those great wins to start off the year. And they face another great team this week in Argyle Liberty that we'll talk about later, but like they're coming and everyone should be very, very scared to see how dominant and focused this team is. You know, they lost a lot, but they reloaded again. They just they picked them out of DFW, said, all right, you're on this team now, and then boom, here we go. And I just think, man, they're – it's scary. They're starting – they're even starting a freshman quarterback. That's how much they trust this kid too. And he did not – he didn't do bad. 10 for 19, 187, and two TDs. And, like, what's interesting is that you look at the stat line for this team – there's not really a guy that really like stands out rushing the ball or like catching the ball. Like there's no one who had like all the catches, all the yards, you know, it's just a team based just total. Like and it's, it's honestly nuts that not, it's not usually like just not one player, but it's the entire team's just kind of just dominating any other team they face. And that's honestly more scary than one guy just going for it all. Cause you can lock down usually one guy, but when you have a team of dogs like they got, it's hard to match. I was going to mention that with the rushing stats. I mean, well, let me see this. One, two, three, four, five, six guys got uh, touches rushing. No guy had more than 10 Garys. Uh, two guys, one guy had 10, one guy had nine, one had six. And that's what I'm saying. Like, I was going to bring that point up. Seeing that many people that are that capable of handling the football is honestly a lot scarier than just one guy that can do it. For all the points you mentioned, you can lock down one guy. A lot harder to lock down like six or seven. And also to the point of uh, Luke Carney, the freshman, it looks like they kept him. You know, they still got a little bit of a leash on him. It's only his second game, went 10 for 19, a solid performance. It'll be interesting to see if Wheeler begins to let that leash get longer and longer as the season goes on, I, I, I see him keeping him in check for the most part because DC's always been more of a power run type team. But again, all that's just speculation. We'll know more once we get a bigger sample size. Ryan, what do you, what do you have for us for DC versus Pius? See, I'm looking at, I'm trying to look at both sides here, but I'm looking at DC first. Do y'all realize that everybody that ran the ball in this game um was all seniors and then carney uh took a couple runs himself carney was actually the one with nine carries by the way so only yeah. one back got 10 carries carney ended up taking nine himself which i guess some of those are sacks so they count uh carries as sacks um but nine carries 20 yards um and they're all seniors uh and then his receivers are almost all seniors with one sophomore being william nettles i i think what you have to realize is that however however this team is basically all seniors on the offensive side luke carney is running this team as a freshman that is so so impressive to be the leader of your team in a quarterback position when everyone else around you is three three two to three years older than you right that's insanely impressive to do. And I have the utmost respect for Luke Carney, and I hope he keeps playing well. Um, you know, you cannot get bogged down by the one interception. He played well. He had 187 yards. He had two touchdowns. I'm a big fan of him, and I want to keep seeing him play well. On the other side of the ball, St. Pius, I hate this. Like, this is this is just, like, not a, a good display of how good the, of a team they are. And I and I, I would like to think that something just didn't click because – 
it just it doesn't seem like this is the team to only have what what is it 82 offensive yards i mean that's not that's not like this team and i i think we have to realize that there's not a lot of instances where saint Pius will ever play like this so i hope they get a bounce back from this i hope they end up uh, playing well in their next game of the year because yeah, they got a pity touchdown, pity running touchdown in, in the fourth quarter. Fourth quarter is what it says, and they didn't even make the extra point. So I, I don't – that's all I got to say. You know, the thing that didn't click for St. Pius was uh, called Dallas Christian. Dallas Christian is why Houston oh, St. Pius didn't click. Oh, I think – Oh, yeah. My, my, I honestly, in all seriousness, I, I think this is a lot less – of an indication of St. Pius being a below average team as it is DC just being that dadgum good this year. I'm serious. Like I'm not messing around. I know a lot of people involved with Dallas Christian. This team will be special for them. I know I'm beating a dead horse at this point, but I'll leave you with that. Just keep an eye on them. It's going to be a crazy season. Transitioning, we now look at Cypress Christian versus Shiner St. Paul, a game that I bet pretty heavily on St. Paul, and I watched it into the fourth quarter, and St. Paul clearly did not win. They made a little bit of a comeback at the end, which got my hopes up. However, uh, they took an L to Cypress Christian 42-30. Um, like you wrote, Walker, uh, Cypress is a team to beat in D3. I mean, they're making that clear. Um, I think Grace Prep will make it interesting but that's that's for further discussion down the line. Uh, I really got to stop betting against Chris Hogan, man, like I've mentioned. I mean, Cypress Christian's that good. Um, Walker, I'll let you dive a little bit deeper into the meat of the game itself, but just what, what went on here and what gave Cypress the edge over Shiner St. Paul? You know, I want to say first, you know, Cypress Christian, we have found out is legit now, right? Straight up. That's pretty much what they've proved the first two weeks, and they're going to keep proving it. But I want to give credit to Shiner St. Paul. The D4 powerhouse that it always is, like, they came to play, and they played really, really well. They only lost 10 to a good Division three team. So that's D3 to D4, two teams that, like, are that, you know, very much smaller probably than the Division three team, and they came to play. Even Zach Johnson still got his, you know, with 36 carries. 36 for a running back, is that's a lot of carries. And he got 168 yards and two TDs. And they had other guys, you know, who also got carries and, you know, Noah Bechter who had a 93 yards and also Sean Humes at 45. So, I mean, they had guys to run the ball and it was, it was really, really interesting to see the battle of the trenches basically of these two just run heavy teams going just right at each other. And I just, you know, the bigger team came out on top and I think it one shows for the division four playoff run that you know shiner st paul is going to be right back there again this year and cypress christian again is the team to beat in division three which is weird to say but yeah no i completely agree um i know i i, I said i was disappointed in shiner for letting me down here because i rode pretty hard for them in all reality i'm not um this is this is what they needed to do in my opinion in this game to show that they're ready because not only is this a team, like you mentioned, a classification ahead of them, this is a team that is probably the best team in the classification ahead of them. So if Shiner can compete with the best team in D3, theoretically, which remind you, I'm not saying practically, but theoretically they should be able to beat anyone in D4. Yet again, we'll only see as time goes on if that is true. 
Ryan, Cypress Christian, Shiner, St. Paul, your thoughts? Yeah, I don't bet. I, you know, I'm not like you. I don't bet against Chris Hogan. I, I, that's been my motto. I, I'm a ride or die with Chris Hogan. I'm a ride or die. And I, I'm not going to lie. I actually was back and forth in this game a lot, and it proved me wrong instantly as well. I was so set on this game being a really close game. And, yeah, I, I love Cypress Christian. I, I think these people, these kids are going to be really, really good this year. And, I mean, who knows? They can get moved up next year. I, I really do think that if they win this year, they're going to get moved up. I, that's just my opinion, though. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see if they gain kids or not. But, I mean, I, I think that uh, if they start doing really well, they could kind of get the kiss of death with a lot of kids wanting to move in and play for Chris Hogan and then move up to D2. However, I mean, we'll see. That's that's a lot. That's talking a little bit over my head. But, you know, it's all theory. We'll see. Moving on, Plano John Paul versus Houston St. Thomas, a game that St. Thomas won 38-31 to with some late-game theatrics. I'm going to stop talking right now because Walker knows more about this. Walker, how did this game end, and how did St. Thomas pull this off? Yeah, and I believe it's known as the Catholic Bowl. Is that what they, that's what they <laughs> called it this game. So that was really fun. We were at the AM game when the, when the game was being played, so I didn't get to watch too much about it. First game of the win, you know, Kent State beat the hell out of Colorado next week. This week, technically. Anyways, um, it was a very, very interesting game. I believe John Paul was up early, and then St. Thomas came back and was ahead. And then John Paul scored with four minutes left, got the extra two-point conversion, tied it up at 31. And then uh, Cameron Price, the dog that he is, came back and had like a 50-yard kickoff return to put him in the position to go score again, put him up 38-31. And then John Paul was driving again with like a minute left and then an interception by uh, Jackson Ward uh, sealed the game for the uh, St. Thomas. So it was a very, very entertaining game there at the star this past week. Good Saturday game. But I just, you know, St. Thomas got the edge and, you know, they ended up with the dub. Um, and that that running back, Johan uh, Cardenas had 20 carries, 103 yards and two TDs. Um, and then also Cameron Price got his, of course, with uh, three catches, 88 yards, and a TD. And also with the with the kickoff return, 147 all-purpose yards. So they just had a great team. That young running back was a dominant player for them. But that JP2 quarterback, you know, went 27 for 34, Drew Forkner, uh, 244 yards and two TDs, plus 55 yards on the ground with a score as well. Um, great game. Uh, just overall great game. Uh, excited to see these two teams, you know, just progress and move on in the season. But good, great, uh, good DFW versus Houston matchup to start the season. I told y'all about Cameron Price last week. I told y'all St. Thomas has got some receivers that are really good. Cameron Price is one of them. That's one guy to watch for sure as the season moves on. Ryan, what did you think about the game? Yeah, no, I looked at it last week, and uh, and honestly, I was already coming into the game thinking that JP2 needed to prove it to me a little bit. Um, just so much going into this was just so many transfers out the door for JP2, and it really um, – I was really convinced that they were not even going to play this this game this close. So, I honestly think St. Thomas, um, you know, I didn't know enough about him, to be honest with you, but I, I think, I think this, this just proves that they are some dogs for real. Um, and, and I think it just proves that JP2 is not as bad as, as bad of a team as I thought they were just because they lost all these guys on their team. They can still come out there. They can still put up, you know, 
uh, a ton of yards on your head and they can still put up 31 points, you know, 31 points and all that and losing by a touchdown is not a bad game at all. So um, although I was dogging on JP two last week, that's not a bad game. And it's definitely a lot better than I thought they would play. So um, honestly, a good one for Houston St. Thomas. I got nothing else to say about that though. Yeah, Ryan, you bring up a really good point in saying that this game also proves that we've been mentioning a lot that the guys or the teams that lose these games, it's not necessarily a bad indication on them, but they're keeping these games close a lot. And that's what JP2 did. And honestly, like you, I thought St. Thomas might kind of run JP2 out of the building. Um, I knew, All I knew was JP2 lost a lot of dudes, but obviously they still have enough dudes left to compete with teams. And I think that should be kept in mind as we move forward in the season. But that's all we have for JP2 St. Thomas. And now into a game that I, I, I rarely like to say I told you so, but I told you so. Do you, have, do you have the right to say that? Do you have the uh, right to say I told you so? Yeah, I mean, man. I, yeah, I don't. We, I'm pretty I'm sure, sure that. No, 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 no. Let, let me let me we rephrase. All pick. We I, all. That's yeah. that's the that's the collective eye. That's yeah. the collective. Oh, okay. Eye. I'm yeah. not saying it's only. Yeah. My pick. No, that's that Cypress Christian was real good. That's, <laughs> hey, that was hey, a real, hey, that was a real good pick. Dead and gone. Okay. Okay. <laughs> no, I don't. Have, I don't have any comeback for that. Cypress Christian has has railed me twice. However, let me rephrase. Uh, we told you so. Mm, yeah, Texas High yeah. School Podcast told Woo! you so. Coram Deo Grace Prep, a game that Grace Prep won very handily, 42 to 19. Like Walker's notes say, we all saw it coming. Um, I mentioned uh, uh, Grace Prep quarterback Talton, 9 for 15, 227, three touchdowns, another 64 yards on the ground. Like I mentioned, that dude's a dog. They, I know we've hyped up Cypress Christian a lot in D3. Grace Prep, I think, will make a run at D3, uh, the D3 title as well. Um, I think that'll be a lot better game than people expect with Cypress. I think, like I mentioned, Grace Prep traditionally is classified as more of a basketball school. As I mentioned, it's not the case anymore. They're really good at football now as well. Uh, Walker, give us the breakdown on how this game went and how Grace Prep ended up running Coram Day off the field. I mean, I think it was just, you know, I got to watch. I didn't have a game to go cover on Friday night. So I had, I think I had Bishop Lynch versus Fourth Christian, this game on, and then another game up, Salas Christian versus Country Day on. So I had like three games open on my computer. So I was just trying to watch them all. And I just, you know, Grace Prep just it was, was the better team. I mean, that's kind of just the way to say it. Um you know, running the ball, they were better. You know, they had uh, Alex St. Julian had 11, 11 rushes, 114 yards and a TD. And then the transfer, I believe, from Cedar Hill Trinity Christian, Caleb Mathis, the 23 athlete, had five catches, 118 yards and two TDs. So with him and Caden LaHue on the outside, that's going to be scary for any Division three team. But I want to say, you know, the guy who I hyped up a lot, John Raybook, he got his last night. Of that game against uh, 18 rushes, 105 yards rushing and a TD. So don't get me wrong. They, they got dudes and I'm excited to see him go, but Grace Prep was just a better team. And like I said, last week, Cormdale is still trying to figure out how to recover from having to move up from division three to division two. So that process takes a while to do, but in the end, I hopefully think with a coach, like they have over there, I think they'll get in the right direction like they are now, but it's just going to take time. We will see. It will take time for sure. Uh, as we mentioned previously, D2 uh, two stacked. There are a lot of really good teams in Taps Division 2, and it's going to take a while to carve out your place among those teams. 
We'll see if Coram Deo can do that. But Ryan, uh, blood of a game. Well, kind of. But what, what were your thoughts and how that we were all collectively right here? Yeah, no, no. I, you're right, though. You're, you're totally right in this scenario. It was a blow. I mean, it, it was it was honestly a good representation that Grace Prep is that team. And I think you're right for picking a D3 team over a D2 team. Yes, Cormdale is a D3 team. Like, collectively, they're not there yet. Um, but in all honesty, I just really think that it shows you that how good um, Talton is. I mean, he almost put up 300 total yards. He had three touchdowns. Um, I'm a big fan of him, and I, I really am excited to see what Grace Prep can do in D3 this year. Um, honestly, I, I really could see them going far, like y'all said. I mean, it, it just it makes it it makes it almost just more fun to watch. Uh, you know, D3 at this point. I mean, there's so many good teams in D3 this year. It is insanely good. Like all the teams that are playing in D3 this year excite me. They probably excite me more than I've ever been excited for D3 football, probably in the entire time I've watched Taps football. And that's just because D3 football, I mean, it's always been D1, D2. Everyone always watched D1, D2 when I was in high school. It was always like, oh, yeah, yeah, go turn on, uh, you know, DC, and then go turn on, uh, you know, Parish and and uh, Nolan Catholic. It was always like that. Everyone always wanted to see the top dogs. But tell me right now that it isn't fun to watch D3. I mean, that's it's just – it is. There's so many top dogs in D3, and it makes private school more fun to watch. That's just my complete opinion about it. So go Grace Prep, go Cypress Christian, go Covenant Christian. I, I love how they're all playing. Yep. No, like I mentioned, I am going to be the spokesperson for TAPS Division Three this year. I'm going to get a shirt made with something on it. I'll figure it out later. But if that ship goes down, I go down with it. I really like the TAPS D3 teams like you were mentioning, Ryan. Shout out Grace Prep, uh, friends of the program. Their AD retweeted my tweet and followed me. So they are officially friends of the program, whether they like <laughs> it or not. But those those are the five games that we covered from last week. Walker, you've got some other news you want to cover here. So I'm going to let you run through that before we preview our games of the week. Yeah, um, I one of the just kind of like quick, quick overview of some of the other games this past week that I found interesting. Uh, Bishop Lynch versus the fourth Christian. Bishop Lynch, the Division One team, came ahead uh, on the back of Isaiah Shemeki. I, I I had him on the podcast for an interview, and I don't remember how you say his last name, so I apologize, man. But he went off 16 carries, 154 yards, and four touchdowns. Also, another pick in uh, three quarters of game. Uh, for him against fourth Christian um, just dominant performance shows that they got guys over there at Bishop Lynch. Don't, don't get it twisted, but over on the fourth with Christian side, Hogan Nelson, I think now is just a gunslinger, man. I think that's how he is. That's how he plays quarterback. You know, if there's any Aggies in the chat, I think Haynes King, like the guy for, we have here at AM now, he's just a gunslinger, man. He throws the football, even if it's a tight, tight, like hole, you can throw that ball in, even if it's too close, and that's what happens when he has, I believe he had two picks on the game. And I believe he had two picks on the previous game as well. He just throws the ball. He's a gunslinger. And that works because he went 23 of 46, 283, and two touchdowns. So he got the yards. He's 50% completion, and he got the TDs. But it's going to be interesting to see how much that fourth Christian coaching staff pulls him back a little bit. And they're like, hey, a little bit more conservative with the ball. And maybe that will help in the future to not have any costly turnovers. But also, a gunslinger is a gunslinger, so you can't hold him back too much. So it's going to be very interesting to see 
you know, even, you know, Jacob Tremble, your guy, Ryan, got his a little bit this week too. So they got the weapons like they always do. It's going to be interesting to see how this coaching staff progresses with this offense and kind of just how it goes in the future. So, oh, call, call Hogan Nelson, Jason, uh, uh, Jameis Winston, bro. Uh, you know, Jameis Winston was the what 31 and 31, right? Is that the stat? What I it was? So. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I, you know, and I actually never had a problem with that, to be honest with you. No. I don't really have a problem with that. If you trust your defense enough in order to make stops stops when you throw picks, I don't have a problem with it. Um, but some college coaches might. So that's all I got to say. I mean, he's a freshman. You kind of want him to be a little bit like – Yeah, yeah. Go out there and go get the ball a little bit. You know, try to go do those tough choices. And, I mean, if he, they have the defense to do it, it's good. But a defense that gives up 41 points to Bishop Lynch, I don't know if you can trust in that. It's different yeah. for different teams, so it's going to be interesting to see. Moving into the next game, you know, the first game under coach Jason Witten. Coach, that's so weird to say, but head coach Jason Witten got his first win with a win over your uh, Frisco Legacy Eagles, 55-13. to 13. Uh, There was a video of him getting a Gatorade bath after the game, and I, I think we'll put that in the video. But, um, you know, I thought one guy was going to be the quarterback, but I guess they're going to roll with 23 quarterback Steel Ross. I was trying to look into him a little bit before the game. But, I mean, he balled out 283 yards, total yards of offense, and three TDs. And the fourth Christian transfer, Michael Zircon, Zirconi, had, got his, of course, with seven catches, 183 yards, and a touchdown. You know, it was a game that was supposed to be a win for, you know, uh, Argyle, so I'm not going to say too much about the win. But they got a, now a true tough task this week, and it's going to be interesting to see – how that explosive of an offense can do versus a great Dallas Christian team. That'll be so, interesting. I want to say this real quick, I, and I want to give props to Steel Ross. So I don't know if y'all saw the video because I mean uh, DFW, uh, whatever Insider Sports um, from the magazine uh, from the newspaper, they put out this video, but no one really realizes it. The first snap Steel Ross took as a quarterback, he literally just took the snap and just ran. 80 yards down the field and got a touchdown the first play of the game. And I was like, it's like, what? And yeah, my brother texted me because he's sidelined shooting photos at the game. He goes, uh, our guy's already up seven, nothing. They just kicked. They just, uh, he just ran 80 yards down the field in the first play of the game. I'm like, what? What do you mean? He just ran 80 yards down the field, the first play of the game, but he's, he is that guy. And I also want to give love uh, to another guy on that team. His name's Caden Navarro, um, a class of 2022 running back linebacker. Um, also had uh, a touchdown in the game. So um, big shout out to those guys. Um, honestly, it was really cool seeing that. And if you haven't seen the video as well, um, Dak Prescott and Zeke were both at that game as well on my school sideline, which I thought was pretty cool. Um, not very far away from the uh, uh, training facility for the Dallas Cowboys. So they probably all live around there too, which was pretty cool. But yeah, really cool getting to watch your uh, uh, a previous teammate now go coach high school football in Texas. Um, I got much respect for that Argyle team, and I'm really excited to see what they do. Um, tough loss for my Eagles, but, you know, that's all good. No shame in losing to former NFL player Jason. Yeah, Wooden. no, I, 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 I gander to say. Yeah, absolutely. And shout out Ross Roby, friend of the program, uh, the recruiting coordinator over there. Oh, it's, oh yeah, it's my, I'm still talking. The, 
continuing, the last thing I would game I want to talk about is Covenant bouncing back. 35 to 13 win over Oak Ridge. Christian Wills finally got his five catches, 149 yards, and a touchdown. And then on that defensive line, the combination of Enal Etta and Nathan Kaja on that defensive line will be scary for any Division Three team. They combined, you ready for this? 26 tackles, seven tackles for loss, and five sacks. It's a monster, monster game by the both of them. And, you know, you have Enal Etta, who's going to take a lot of those double teams and stuff, but having a guy like Nathan Kaja on the other side, that's mm, that's 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 hard for any offensive line to face. So, if I'd like to make a comparison to any Aggies watching, it kind of sounds like Miles Garrett and Deshaun Hall on opposite ends of the line. Like I feel like that's kind of like obviously Enow is Miles and Nathan is Deshaun, but that's like that, that's a really really problematic situation to deal with if you're an offensive line scheming, especially in especially in D three. Yep. Yeah. Didn't they also have two to three forced fumbles as well? And yep. during that game. So I just, that's so scary. That is so utterly scary. I, I wouldn't want to play against them if I'm being honest. And I, and I know they have a loss on their schedule first game of the year, but you know what? That doesn't mean anything. Your, their defense is insane. And I will stand by that. I'm glad Christian Wells got his, got his, got his, uh, got his yards though. And his catches. I mean, he deserves it. Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised to see covenant bounce back really, really quickly and just start to start to rise up the ranks in their division. But now we get into the fun stuff, the five games of the week that we have, starting off with a team that we talk about a lot, Dallas Christian versus a team we just mentioned, Argyle Liberty, which I think has the potential to be one of the games of the week. Um, Before Walker gives context, I'll just say some stuff first. Uh, DC has already taken the hammer to two taps division one teams and beaten them by a combined 53 points. And it's like that grim reaper meme where he's moving from one door to the next. And he's about to move on to another one. Uh, St. Pius and, um, and Bishop Lynch are the two doors before. And I think Argyle Liberty might be the next door, but just before we give context, I'm just going to say what I think. Um, I think Argyle Liberty is the third team to fall here. I genuinely think that D.C. might be in the top three teams in TAPS regardless of classification. Yeah. And I think Argyle Liberty becomes the third straight Division One team they knock off here. I don't think it'll be by a wide margin. I think they're good, but I think D.C. wins here. Uh, Walker, give us some context as to why what's going to happen is going to happen. Uh, I'm not going to give too much context on the Dallas Christian team. You know, you know, you know, who's over there. And if you don't go check out the other episodes and go give us a follow there, but I'll give you a little bit of Liberty. You know, they have the new head coach and uh, Jason Wynn taking over for coach Greek over there. And don't get me wrong. Argyle Liberty has always had great players, but they just always have been a, just a little bit lower than every other team. And so they still got players led by Christian driver, the Penn state commit, as the head, the head, but oh my gosh, but but on the other side, they still got good players. 22 offensive lineman Caden Taylor, 23 defensive line Devin Strange, 22 linebacker defensive end Logan Mallard, like I mentioned earlier, the 22 wide receiver Michael Zarkani, and a 22 wide receiver DB Michael Elijah Williams. And I could go on the down the road. You know, they have like Tristan De La Rosa, who I think is a really good player. Uh, Aiden Carpenter, Dominic Taylor on the offensive line, other guys like that. They just got great players on that team. So it's not like head coach Jason Wynn 
kind of like just fell into a team that didn't really have that good of players. They got dogs. And I honestly think I would love to see Pies versus, you know, Argyle to see how good each team is. But I think maybe Argyle's just a little bit better. I could be wrong about that. But I think this will be another tough matchup for Dallas Christian. But I believe that it was close for a while for Dallas Christian, and then they just pulled away at the end. And I think that's what's going to happen again this game. And I think it's just going to be close. And I think just talent is going to overload. And I think just D.C. will just hand Argyle Liberty their first loss this season. And I honestly think, like that meme you said about just the Grim Reaper, I honestly think we're going to have to post that or something like that. Because yeah. that's, that's exactly how it is. They're coming for everybody. And they're going to show they're, they're the top dogs, regardless of classification. Well, that's going to make the podcast as of now 2-0 and on Dallas Christian. Ryan, are you going to make it a clean, a clean sweep for D.C.? I don't even have to talk about this any longer. It's D.C. Yeah. I, that's all it is. That's all I got to say. Rack me up for D.C. And I want to talk about other teams, but just D.C. keeps getting the one of the top five games of the week of how much competition they play. So you have to talk about it a little bit. Yeah, you got to respect how aggressively they scheduled this season because they are, without a doubt, making sure they are ready and not going to be tested in Division Two until State. And I think that with the division they play in with Grace, uh, McKinney, Bishop Dunn, Brook Hill, uh, sorry, none of them are coming close to D.C. this year. We'll see what happens versus Regents, but barring themselves, shooting themselves in the foot, uh, we'll see. It'll be interesting. Transitioning. We see a game that I think might be the game of the week, uh, Dallas Bishop Lynch at Houston St. Pius, a game that I'm going to go cover, actually. And my thoughts to start, for the first time, we have a common opponent to compare these two teams against, which helps me tremendously because I'm not just going off speculation and players returning, as you can see by how that's affected my pick record to this point. We have a common denominator between these two teams, which is D.C., which both teams got absolutely waxed by. I told you so. Lynch got beat 42 to 14, Pius 31 to 6. I think these are two good teams, and it will make for a competitive game here. At this point in the season, that's the key words here. I'm not saying one team's better. I'm saying at this point in the season, I think it's better. I like St. Pius to pull this game out. I think their offense is, I think they're going to go back and tweak a lot. Because, I mean, for St. Pius, I mean, straight up, that's embarrassing that their offense got held to 82 yards. And that's something that I know they don't take lightly over there. I think they come out and play with their hair on fire against Lynch. I really like them to have a statement game here and begin to turn their season back around. But we will see. Walker, your thoughts on Bishop Lynch at Houston St. Pius on Friday? Um. I want to first, you know, give a little insight into Bishop Lynch. You know, for the past couple of years, you no, know, let's I want to say when I was in high school, not that long ago, they were dominant. They made the state championship. They were a great, great team led by a lot of big time players. But over time, kind of like Bishop Dunn as well, they just the talent slowly faded away. Some of them transferred out or they just graduated and they just lost a lot of talent. So the, but but they still have players and it's now led by new head coach, Brandon Motes, but he's not new to the school. He's been an assistant there for a very long time and getting there to talk to him 
it, he, I, I really think he is going to put that team in the right direction. I really respect that man as a coach and as a, just a man in himself. Um, looking at the players now, we talked about him earlier, but Isaiah Schmecki, the running back for them, I think is a really, really talented back. And I think he's going to be one of the underrated guys at private school, especially division one. I like 22 wide receiver, Ethan Morrison, 22 DB, Jeremiah Williams, who's a very, very good track guy as well. And he's going to be very fast over there. I know he ran like he was top three, I believe in the hundred meter this past uh, track season. So that's a burner on the defensive side of the ball. Also 22 Webster walls. I think is a good, good player on the defensive line. 22 athlete drew knew it. And I, I really like 23 offensive lineman, Zachary Curtis over there. I watched this film for the past couple of weeks. Great long athletic tackle over there. They have, and I'm really excited to see him go against this great Houston pious, uh, defensive line over there, you know, St. Pius, uh, Logan Tanner, Carson Hans, Michael Fight, Nathaniel Lolo, Kale Skinner, Vince Doucette. All those guys are good, good players. And it's actually, this is probably a tough p- game for me to pick. And I really haven't decided this. So I'm thinking about it out loud and I'm going to go. Mm, I don't want to go with you, Wes, just to make it interesting. And I like those guys at Bishop Lynch. And they scored more on D.C. So I'm going to punch my ticket with Bishop Lynch and go against you. I could be wrong here because I really like St. Pius and I think oh, they are athletes. Own but the pick. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to own it. I think Bishop Lynch just has that toughness and that discipline. And I think Coach Motes has them in the right direction. So. I love it. Great for content. Well, Ryan, we are one and one so far. Who uh, who are you going to side with? For your sake, I hope it's Walker because that's your that's the better chance here. Hey, I, you know, you literally said a second ago that you know Walker had to split the table, but I was going to split the table anyways. I got Bishop Lynch, you know, and it's 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 more along the lines of the fact that, and I know you're going to take this loss, and it's just going to put you even more in a hole, um, <laughs> but. No, Bishop Lynch, yeah. I, I, I think you have to realize that the Dallas Christian game was just a little unfair for them. They came out strong in that game. They were the first ones to score in that game in the first quarter. They held Dallas Christian to no points in the first quarter. In the second quarter, they, they got themselves another touchdown, and they actually ended up going into the half 14-14. So, honestly, you know, they actually came out pretty strong. They scored 14 points in the first half. They're actually up 7-0 in the first, you know, in the first quarter, which is just strong. And, you know, ended up going 7-7, 14-14 going into halftime. I just, I really think at this point you have to realize that, you know, this Bishop Lynch team can pull out strong. I don't know what happened at halftime, but honestly, you know, 28 points coming out of Dallas Christian in the second half. Uh, there's really sometimes nothing you can do to stop that. I'm guessing basically they went into the locker room in the Dallas Christian and they were like, Y'all got to put the heat on them. And I think that's when it really happened for them. But you know what? I think Bishop Lynch can do it. I think they can come out there and, and get a win. And they just proved they can do it against a really good Fort Worth Christian team. So, and they, they what? What was the final score? 41 to 21 of that, that, that Fort Worth Christian game? Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, 41-21, Fort Worth Christian. So, I, I'm proving the fact that Bishop Lynch can win these games. And, you know, and and yeah, they ended up scoring eight more points against Dallas Christian than, you know, uh, uh, St. Pius. So, you know, that's why I got to pick Dallas Christian Lynch. 
But. First of all, I really, really wish y'all could hear what we had to cut during that, during Ryan's speech there, because holy. Anyways, second of all, mm. if I'm right about this game, I will never let y'all forget it just because of how much I've been dogged on for this episode so far. I, so I, if, if somehow St. Pius pulls, by the way, I'll be there. So I'll be updating. If St. Pius starts oh, to open God. this one up, I'm going to be insufferable. I'll just let you know that. Yeah, because you're gonna go, you're gonna go tell the kids on the sideline that if they don't win, they don't get to go home at night. That's what you're gonna say. <laughs> oh, I'll, I'll, then, I will <laughs> I will 100 percent uh, go up to the refs and pay them to throw this. Game oh yeah, if it improves that's my cool. pick record. I'll, that's and, cool. <laughs> for the never mind. If you if you can't tell <laughs> if you can't tell if you can't tell I'm joking from that. I I don't know what to tell you. Hey, Greg anyway, Pepper says they never put money on games. That's all I gotta uh, say. I, that's I all I gotta say. <laughs> this episode's just just devolving into degeneracy. Next right. game. Houston St. Thomas versus Kincaid. Um, yet again, we see a terrific. I can't take this seriously anymore. Yes, we yet again we see a terrific Houston on Houston matchup here. Um, really quick, personally, I think the Bell brothers are going to be too tough for St. Thomas to stop. Um, I think Kincaid is going to win this game and march closer and closer towards another attempt as an SBC championship. Walker, your thoughts on St. Thomas Kincaid? All right. So looking into this game a little bit, St. Thomas, Rich McGuire is the head coach, led by Jake Wright, Cameron Price, who we love over here. You know, Thomas Green on the offensive line, the running back, and uh, Cardenas, and also Tegan Spencer on the outside, uh, not outside. Um, they got dudes. They always have dudes. They lost a lot from last year. But Kincaid's also really good. I still don't know. You know, we're – I had to cut this because I was like, I have no idea. And St. Thomas beat Kincaid two years ago before COVID hit. I kind of want to go against you again, Wes. Just to I was going to say, if I could offer a word of advice, it would be take the team I didn't pick because that's the higher probability of you winning. But you know what? I'm going to trust in you, Wes. I believe a, in you. A, that is a bad idea, but go ahead. I'm going to trust in the Bell brothers. They made me look silly week one against St. Uh, Second Baptist. So I'm going to go Kincaid here. So Wes, don't fail me, please. Um, I didn't. I told you to pick against me. So whenever it goes terribly wrong, um, I warned you. Ryan, are you going to follow down this blind path of destruction with me and Walker? Or are you going to pick a, against us? So. We have a lot of locks of the century on this uh, oh, on this podcast, God, no. and I haven't hit one yet. So, uh, <laughs> oh my! Let me God. hit mine real quick. Let me hit mine real quick. Here we go. The hold on, we gotta go one more over. Moral, moral. Hey All right, we're open up in here. The moral lock of the century. Wow. Best believe it. I'm calling it King Kate and these Bell Brothers are going to do it, and they're going to do it well as well. I got Kincaid by two touchdowns. Give it to me. Ooh. So oh. have have we have we hit a mortal lock of the century yet on the show? I lost mine. I hit Cypress last week. Okay, you hit Cypress. So we're one and one. Uh, Ryan, I don't know if I would have, like I said a million times last week, hitched your wagon to, to a, a team that I picked. But maybe this is just the flip I need to get going in the right direction. 
But, but yeah, I, I think, I mean, all reason tells me that Kincaid probably should win this. I I really like Kincaid here. I mean, just off of reason, I think the Bell brothers are going to be too much to handle. Like I already mentioned. Um, I think this is probably a, a pretty good bet for your mortal lock of the century, but who knows? We'll see. Moving on. Oh, I was, was, was going to say real quick, uh, Dylan Bell, follow me on Instagram or uh, on Twitter. Uh, my mom is a huge Georgia fan. She went to Georgia back in the day. So, yeah, I'm a big, that's, big that's Georgia fan. Anyway, sorry. Yeah, no, yeah, good dogs. All right, now. So now we're looking at Brazos Christian versus Bay Area Christian. Um, Brazos Christian, friends of the program. I, I think this, this game stays close due to Levi Hancock, who is a class 22 quarterback defensive lineman. Texas A&M committed, long snapper. Um, I think he might end up making a case for Division Four MVP. However, I think the bigger Bay Area team squeaks out a win in this one. Um, I don't think it's any indication on Brazos, Brian Christian as a team. I just think the Bay Area is bigger, and it's going to be – a little more difficult for Brazos to beat them here. But again, it's a, they're uh Bay area is D three. So, I mean, I don't, I, it's no big deal for, for Brian or Brazos to lose here, but we'll see Walker, your thoughts. You know what, Ryan, you go first and I'll go last on this oh, one. So I'm switching it up on this. All right. That's fine. No, I, I honestly, I don't know enough about the, the old Texas A&M school right, right down the road. I, I don't know enough about them to be honest with you. And, I'm I'm just gonna have to you know follow. What's falling west? Oh my goodness! I'm gonna lose. Uh, Bay Area Christian, I guess it's just gonna be my pick. I, I I mean I don't really know enough about this team enough to talk. Uh, obviously, when there's a guy like Levi Hancock who's listed as a quarterback and a defensive lineman, yet he's going to AM as a long snapper. Um, <laughs> you know that's you know you just got a you got a lot going on there. So uh, it's the most no. interesting man in the world. Yeah, no, really is. Shout out to Levi Hancock. But no, honestly, I'm going to go Bay Area Christian. I just think a D3 team beats a D4 team. Uh, Walker, you you deferring to go last for some reason terrifies me. Uh, what do you have for us? You know, this is interesting. You ask why. Why is it interesting? I, I still don't know. But <laughs> Look, Brian Brezes Christian has the AM commit, Levi Hancock, who is an absolute stud. If you ever want to go see how, uh, go check our interview a couple of weeks, uh, one of the episodes back when, you know, me and Wes went and sat down with him and uh, Isaac White over there and Coach Hoffmeyer. But they have other guys. Hayden Tiller is an athlete over there. Uh, Ryan Burton, Striker Gay, and also Harris Powers are all great athletes over there for Brian Brazos. Bay Area also has really good athletes, you know, led by, you know, the quarterback, also kicker, Adam Atwell, who I think is a stud, mm-hmm. Wesley Barnes, Smith Nave, Cade Sink, Ethan Mann, Gannon Phillips, and Ty Cappy, all great players for Bay Area. You know, I wanted to go last because I wanted to really think about this for a second. And you know what? I'm going to go. Mm. I think I hate because I love Levi and Brian Brazos, but I think I'm going to go Bay Area on this one. I think they're just a better team overall. And I think in playoffs, they did really good. Not really good, but just good last year. 
And I think they're just going to take that one step forward this next year with a lot of the seniors coming back. So I'm going to take Bay Area on this one. Y'all would I, go against the team down the street. That's uh, hey, 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 what, oh, what I'm about to say. Hey, hey, oh, hey, Coach Hoff, oh, oh, oh. we're doing. I'm doing y'all a favor by picking against y'all because mm. by with logic that means y'all are gonna win now. Um, but but I will leave with this note. Uh, safeties with the first name Wesley have tend to have uh, been dominant in taps. All right. I'll just cool. move on. From ah, that. <laughs> wow. no, that's a that's a good one. That's a good I'm one. That, that I, I would like. I would like Stillwater High School in Oklahoma to know that I would never pick against them. So there's that for you. <laughs> well, if we ever if we ever annex Oklahoma into our coverage range, we'll put that to the test. <laughs> La- last last game of the day, and thank the Lord because this podcast is about to go completely off the rails. Fort Bend Christian versus Houston St. John's, the battle of the two and O teams. Um, uh, I'll come out and say it. I really like Fort Bend Christian here. Uh, Brady Dever and that offense have put up, listen to this, 119 combined points in their first two games. Um, I really think they're going to be too powerful for just straight up a middle-of-the-road team, uh, SBC team like St. John's. Um, I really don't think that St. John's has the defensive capabilities to slow down this offense, and I think this game is more going to be about seeing what Fort Bend can do against an SBC team like this. I really think that Brady Dever and this offense uh, really put up some fireworks here. Uh, Walker, Fort Bend Christian, Houston St. John's, your thoughts? Um, You know, it was really interesting to look into Houston St. John's a little bit because I didn't know really much about them, and I got to dive deep. You know, I didn't know anything really about them. And I looked into 22 athlete, you know, John Purdue, who was a Brown commit. Him over there is a great player over there. Um, the 22 linebacker, John Avery Fouch, you know, the 22 O-line, D-lineman, just lineman, Stefan Gustafon. Uh, and then 22 running back, Miles Masterson. Those, they got some players over there. Don't get me, don't get it twisted. I think they have a really good team over there. But my mortal lock of the week is Fort Bend Christian, led by Coach Black over there. I think Brady Dever and that offense is just too much for St. John's. So I'm going to go Fort Bend Christian here. I'm excited to go watch him maybe, hopefully, later in the season. And, yeah, give me Fort Bend Christian. by. I don't really know. Maybe two touchdowns. So I like it. I, I, I enjoy the theatrics. I like what we started doing here with the mortal locks. It's added yeah. a lot of flavor. Yeah. I, I like, I like your pick with, with Fort Bend Christian. I really, really think there's a good possibility of them pulling that off. Uh, Ryan Fort Bend Christian, Houston, St. John's. So here's what I say. Mm. Any team that beats Dallas Greenhill 42, nothing. Ooh. I'm sorry. I just have a lot of hate for a school that costs thirty-two grand a year to go to. That is so brutal. I don't know. Sorry, that's just my true opinion. But anyways, they got they got waxed. So yeah, give me give me a give me a do it. I I want to say Houston St. John's, but do I just it. know. If, uh, no, no, do I it. can't. I can't. I can't. See, they they already beat a St. John's team. So that I mean, Forburn Christian, Forburn mm-hmm. Christian. That's what yeah, I have they to say. have. They already beat a St. John's team. Why not beat another? Wow. So you're for all three going Fort Bend Christian here. Yep. Well, but... attaching your name to anything I have picked is essentially a death sentence. So we will see how that turns out. But 
that actually is the last of the games that we have to pick. So barring any final comments from Walker or Ryan, that actually concludes the episode. So in between now and Friday, will DC pull off another win against a D1 team? What will happen versus Houston St. Thomas and Kincaid? Will my pick record improve? Who knows? We'll figure it out between them. But until our next episode, as always, I have been Wes Tolleson. My co-hosts have been Walker Lott and Ryan Schroeder. We will see you in the next episode. Peace.